I'm the puppy. And I'm the possum. And this is our animated series. This week, we're talking about Dumbo. Dumbo from 1941. So, I learned an interesting fact this morning. Oh? Which is that our father loves Dumbo. Yeah? And Dumbo is one of his favorites. That's cute. Mm -hmm. Walt Disney said in 1955 it was his favorite. I just... uh... His... I I think uh, he mostly says it's his favorite because... Of the early ones, it was the easiest to make. That's a pretty bad reason. Well, because well, the problem is, is that it was the least stressful, basically. So it was it was the most fun to make because there was not a lot of it. Was mostly it was it was a good way done when the whole strike thing happened, which I didn't know was a thing, but I found that out during my research, and uh, and so and and it didn't have the problems like that i mean pinocchio was just too ambitious and as really was snow white but like and then bambi that was supposed to be done before pinocchio but they were having a lot of issues with that one so so dumbo was just from beginning to end just sort of a fun little passion project that was kind of nice and that they enjoyed so that's why it was his favorite probably i guess so Let's get into it. Uh, what I have, the first thing I have written down is, Walt Disney presents Dumbo, have some scary clowns. <laughs> so we have a pretty short opening credits this time, but with, with spooky clowns. Well, they're, yeah, they're, I mean, they're made, they're made to look like the opening title cards, or not title cards, uh, the opening, they are the opening title cards. They're meant to look like circus posters for that you would have had up around town to be like, come see our circus. I so think I already ran into a problem here, which is we don't really make, I'm sure we do because apparently you've been to one recently, but I have not experienced any unironic, non-creepy circuses ever. I haven't been to one in a little while, but I know clowns. I've met actual circus clowns. I have some friends who are circus clowns. So, or just clowns. Less of them actually have to travel with circus, but Barb was a circus clown. So, uh, real quick, sidebar. So, I was talking about uh, Fantasia with my therapist, right? Okay. And I said, yeah, we ran into some problems with the centaur part. And he's like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, you know, it's Beethoven's pastoral. It's got the centaurs and the ponies. And he goes, no, what's a centaur? (laughs) Is this our lovely friend, Mr. Two Names? Yes. The did very not man know what a centaur was. did not know what a centaur was. Now I don't know oh, if it was just boy. one of those things where like the word doesn't connect in your brain, or if he had he was unfamiliar with the concept. But and then I like two seconds later I was like "Rite of Spring" by whoever wrote "Rite of Spring," and he immediately goes, "Oh, Stravinsky," and I was like, "You, sorry, <laughs> you know who wrote "Rite of Spring," but you don't know what a centaur is." I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. So, Dumbo. Dumbo. So, opening credits. Then Dumbo. we open on spooky storm clouds, and uh, there's a poem. So, is there a storm in every movie so far? There's certainly a storm in Snow White, and there's certainly a storm in Fantasia. 
Is there a storm in Pinocchio? I don't remember. Well, there's, there's. I guess there's a thunderstorm when he's in the cage and Stromboli's, and then Monstro almost feels like a storm, though he isn't. But I was just like, and then next we're gonna have Bambi, which of course is drip, drip, lap, little April showers. So I was like, storms were apparently a thing in early Disney. Yeah, I'm sure there's some thing to be said about how they depict nature, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it was storms were impressive. It was probably hard to do that. So, I mean, there, there's where a lot of the special effects are with water and everything. Yeah. Uh, though I think at one point they, I read somewhere that they actually would take, um, like, footage of actual, like, rain and just, like, splice it on top of other things. Hmm. But I didn't remember it opening with a storm. I was confused for, like, 0.5 seconds. I was like, I don't remember the storm. I remember the storks, but I don't remember the storm. Yeah, no, me neither. It, it, we open so we open with this storm and like a poem that sounds like it's about the postal service, but it's actually about Mr. Stork. Yeah, and I remembered "Look Out for Mr. Stork," but I didn't remember that it was the very opening. So our opening song essentially is "Look Out for Mr. Stork," which made me wonder how where do you did you do any research about where the idea of storks delivering babies came from? No, my research was all on pink elephants. Okay. <laughs> I did uh, some race relations research. Okay. Um, so I that made me curious about when, when that if was this movie like established stork no, or if they the were, stork was. I think a stork was already a thing. I'm pretty sure stork was already a thing. Because it's a pretty bonkers myth, right? Yeah. That a stork just delivers a and baby it, to you. If you think about it even a little, it just makes zero sense. And it's interesting in this movie that for sure miss there are no male elephants no certainly not elephants so there are male tiger but that's the only one yeah all the essentially all the other animals are single mothers so i guess this takes place in an alternate universe where animals reproduce asexually by male um (laughs) m-a-i-l uh Uh, the legend is very ancient but was popularized in the 19th century by hans christian anderson's story called the storks Hmm, interesting so there you go all right so that's our opening is this song about storks and it shows a bunch of storks uh delivering these packages that look like the thing you tie to your end of yeah. your stick when, when you're, you're a cartoon homeless person yes uh and that have baby animals in them i so. i loved how imprecise all the storks but our main stork are though like they're just drop and i love that late mrs jumbo is just like is this my package oh no it flew somewhere else and i was like it's not like those are being flown by someone in particular they've just been dropped yeah <laughs> like it's like what if she had reached out and grabbed a baby kangaroo with her trunk yeah is that then her ba- yeah it, like i said if you think about it even a little it doesn't make any sense well, so no. then so we meet, meet mrs jumbo and she's, she's the, cutest the cutest thing in the world, thing in the world. i absolutely adore mrs jumbo she's and she deserves amazing. a baby yes. if she wants a baby she's such a sweet lady i love her so much yes. so so Mrs. Jumbo wants, clearly wants a baby, but does not get a package in our opening scene. Yes. Also, I, I wrote a, I wrote a comment though of, look, it's me delivered in Florida. <laughs> yeah. D- I didn't remember that it like is, is so explicitly Florida. <laughs> yeah. Right. Also, there's some weird scale stuff where they drop the packages, pa- baby packages from high enough that you can see the shape of the state, which is pretty damn high <laughs> yeah it, basically it's an alternate universe so uh then we see this circus train getting all loaded up with all these animals which <laughs> is hard to watch in 2018 
apparently you didn't have the struggles that I had. I, I mean, I get where you're coming from very much so in terms of like both animal abuse and human exploitation. I don't think we get to the human exploitation till human exploitation till roustabouts. Uh, but it's very uncomfortable to watch the animals being housed in the ways that they are housed yeah. in 2018. Yeah, I mean, no, we know more about animal rights now for sure. I mean, they obviously within world they're perfectly happy being housed the way they are, but that's well, within world. Okay, so do you want to get into that now? <laughs> I mean, we can. They're happy, but they're happy in the way that, like, oppressed societies are happy. There's a lot of, like, infighting and a lot of clearly internalized, this is the way things are. Yeah, that's true. And they're, especially the old lady elephants, the grown-up lady elephants, are very similar to, like, church ladies around here. I know. I'm thinking of one church lady in particular who looks exactly like one of the elephants, but uh-huh. but they're like that because they're 100% a group of people that have been exploited by other people right. and have just internalized that that's what they're good for. It's it's really funny because they're trying to pass them off as these great artistic, you know, like they have this great artistic integrity of, but yeah, no, I see what you're saying totally. Yeah, they have no say in what they get to do at all. Yeah. And the, and we'll definitely get to this later, but the big conflict for me in the movie is that the humans in the movie have absolutely no concern for the animal's safety, and that never gets solved. Yeah, no, it doesn't. All right. So, so Casey Jr.'s coming around the track. I love that so, song, though. You have to love that song. I don't. Casey Jr.'s um, coming around the track, coming around the track. With it was not... Track. It was fine. It was not fine enough to distract me from horror. So <laughs> then enough. we see our our one particular main stork who is, correct me if I'm wrong, the only one who wears clothes. Yeah. You know who he's voiced by though, right? No. Who? Winnie the Pooh, Mr. Sterling <gasps> Holloway. Oh, I love him. So one stork is late or it's, or must be from a different stork or company. company. Yeah. <laughs> um... With all and the red so tape he has to do, especially. Yeah, so he, he lands in the elephant elephant cage and says he has a package from Mrs. Jumbo. Mm-hmm. All the elephants, as mentioned, are women, so who knows where this baby came from? Who knows where any of the babies come from? Uh, and Mrs. poor Mrs. Jumbo has to, like, sign a form and wait while he sings happy birthday yeah. and all this other stuff that cle- we just saw none of the other animals right, have to I do. Know. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I have written, guess he's from a different stork service. Um, And it's funny because I vividly remembered the stork, but he's only in there for one scene. I know. Well, and I, as a kid, it didn't bother me as much, but the whole time that Dumbo was falling, as a package was falling through the cloud, great anxiety. Yes, absolutely terrifying. (laughs) It's like, as a kid, it doesn't bug you, but as an adult, you're like, please pick up the baby elephant. Stop. Also, uh, he, he has a map. The stork does, and he clearly does the Freddy Fish thing of you just put it behind yeah, you, yeah. and then it's like in a pocket dimension yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So then we see Dumbo. I know, and he is, and the he's most the cutest thing that has ever existed. So, he's a baby. So the weird thing about him or him being drawn is he was drawn by Bill Talia, which Bill I can't even pronounce his name, but he's we've talked about it before because he is the drawer of Stromboli and Chernabog. He is the artist. What? Yeah. So that was the thing is he was responsible for it and he was known for all these really big, strong, tough men drawings. 
And then Walt apparently went to him and was like, do you want to try this? And he was like, yes. And he based him after his two-year-old son. So Dumbo is based on Mr. Bill's He's the widow baby. He is the widow baby. So precious. Okay. So I love him. Yep. So (laughs) I have written down, why does Mrs. Jumbo have her own enclosure while the others are all packed in for to a crate? Because she's pregnant? Pregnancy doesn't exist. (laughs) I don't know. So also she's the only one wearing the matron cap where everyone else is in their fancy dads. That's true. I'm not. Gonna it's touch too that. confusing. Gonna it's, touch there's that. no there's no internal <laughs> logic. I can't I can't try to By the way, when the train is going up the circus train I is going I up can. a hill and I it goes, I, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. When did that story get written? I know, I was wondering that too. I didn't look that one up either. I should have, but I can tell you how the voice happens though. How? I, uh so it's actually a woman. Her nice. name is Margaret Wright. She was it so it's called a sonovox, and what it is is it's it's they attach uh little transducers to your throat and record the sound directly from the vibrations of those on your throat. Ooh. So they put you know little things on your neck and then they're recording. So it's you know they're getting the actual throat sounds, not that's why it sounds so funky. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I can look so. up. So what is the little train that could right? Is the the little engine story? that could. little engine that could. Let's see. When was the little engine that could written? Its publication was 1930. Okay. So it was 10 years or so before this movie. Interesting. So they get to wherever they're going and they set up the circus. And here we get the song Roustabouts. Which I, so the problem is I've listened to the soundtrack a lot more recently than I watched the movie before I did our rewatch. And I love that song. Just listening to that song, it's one of for some weird reason it's it's in my head and it's really well. But I did not realize that all the roustabouts were potentially African American. Yeah. Okay. So so this is the part where I googled. I really wanted to find out what race people relations thought were about this. No, oh, just in general? not really about what people think about it now. Basically. Okay. Yeah. So um, obviously, I looked up other stuff that we'll get to later too, but. This one, I think, is the worst part. Yeah, <laughs> in I, terms no, I would of, agree. It's uh, so so all the workers who who set up all the human workers who set up the circus are black. None of the they don't get faces. Yeah. Uh, they I think maybe all kind of wear the same thing, but it's like not a uniform. They just like didn't it's give all, them individualized clothing. Yeah, it's all they're they're kind of like t-shirts and pants but and the pants are probably all universal color and i i think i remember that at least one or two different colored t-shirts but it's just they're just pastel colors they're not well defined so the problem is that we never see them again and none of the other human characters in the movie are really treated like that yeah they so if they had done a thing where because it's from the animal's perspective none of the humans had defined features that would have been kind of cool and would have made this a lot more excusable but they didn't in the very next shot after this song it's just a white guy on a horse he's perfectly drawn like a person so yeah that that's pretty bad they get a little bit of that you get a little bit of the facelessness during the fight scene with mother jumbo they don't all have faces but yeah, no, it's still inexcusable. It's still bad. I'm just saying that's also and, true. And yeah, and later they do a part, you know, they have everybody be silhouettes, which right. is cool. But We'll um, get into that too. There's a history behind that. Okay, so so regarding that, my thought when I watched the movie was, okay, the silhouette thing, 
it would have been hard, but it would have been cool if they had done it throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as it is, it's like they decided halfway or even through just, that they were going to do Even that. if you just did everyone without faces or silhouettes except for the ringmaster, who has a, maybe a little more personality with the... Since he has to interact more with yeah. everybody. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really give him a personality, did they? Except he's kind of a jerk. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so roustabouts. So ha- did you look up the lyrics or anything? Uh, I know them pretty well just because of I know the song pretty well. I mean, the the, the lyrics don't necessarily make it better. I mean, they got the... Yeah. For, we work all day for, like, no pay, basically. I mean, that's Well, like exact we lines, work but, all day. I think it's we work all day to earn our pay, pay and, and then, then at we, night we, we throw our pay, pay away. away. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. That's Which right. is... We got to get drunk, basically. Yes. what I assume. Which is, um, I think, fairly accurate to... Just workers in general People who worked then. that job, especially, yeah. because they didn't have, you know, what were they going to do? Right. They weren't going to save up for a life and a house. They, they didn't they have that the option. Road. So, yeah. So, uh, it's the lyrics are okay. The way they're animated is not good. Yeah. And it's such and a the weird fact thing, because it's, it's so... It's, they're also they're getting exploited, and then the elephants also. It's the whole oppression thing again. They they are obviously getting expo- exploited, but they also seem to be enjoying it. Like Mother right. Jumbo looks super excited most of the time. <laughs> right. So so what I felt was they wanted me to sympathize with how hard the elephants are working, and they didn't really want me to sympathize with how hard the humans were working. Okay, was how, what I felt. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm not even supposed to sympathize with the elephants. Maybe that's just something that... It's such a weird mixture of, like... Because, like, you, when you first meet all the elephants and they're being excited for Baby Jumbo, you kind of like them, and then they just get worse and worse as the movie goes. And then at the yeah. end, they're happy, so... Yeah, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... So then we have the parade to announce the circus in the town. Yeah, and there's... This, this is really where I realized I just hate circus music. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And part of that is probably that it's basically marches, kind of. Yeah, and but they're done with calliopes and they're just weird. And I, you know, I used to play French horn, so I have a bad a, history with yes, marches. A deep hatred. A deep hatred of marches. So that probably doesn't help. But I don't like circus visual visuals. I don't like the really bright uh, pesta... Uh, uh, primary colors I don't love it mm-hmm. uh, and I really don't like the music so okay, this is enough. the part where I just sort of went okay I'm in for something aren't I yeah uh Dumbo falls in the mud so the next because he falls over his big ears yes I he fell over his ears a lot I remember his ears being a lot because I remember my me- my memory of of his ears were that is just that everyone made fun of him for him I don't I didn't remember they were actually like a burden to a certain degree to him as well in terms of he falls over them all the time yes he needs to learn to how to hold them up <laughs> yes he's just a baby i know he's he's barely probably he's a week just old at this a point. baby so so the next scene mrs jumbo gives him a bath and it's the cutest scene in the entire so movie cute. and he falls down over his ears but it's okay because he's just with his mama and nobody makes fun of him mm-hmm. she kind of chuckle like fondly chuckles at him but yeah it's good chuckling. So then the next scene is... Uh, it's the kid one, right? With the kids yes. come to make fun of him? 
not only do they make fun of him, they climb into the elephant enclosure, yeah. which is separated by a single rope. Right. And they grab him and pull at his ears. Yeah. And and Mrs. Jumbo rightly oh, yeah. goes bonkers. Yeah. No one. I don't. Where? Even in the movie, even in the movie, like the elephants eventually decide that they don't blame her either. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. Like who? Why, why was there not someone there supervising yeah, who gets to, yeah, anybody getting into the elephant? Like, I would have just gone in and stolen an elephant because no one was going to stop <laughs> me, clearly. Right. I mean, it'd be a little hard to steal an elephant, but less hard to steal, like, a hyena baby. Yes, very much. So, and then sell it. Um, So, also, <laughs> the human's reactions when she freaks, I'm pretty sure, okay, I may have been mishearing this. But it sounded like the ringmaster was whipping Mrs. Jumbo and yelling, calm down. Yes, I literally wrote wrote down, uh, no one's going to calm down if you start throwing a whip at them. I'm sorry. Yeah, for real. So it's so hard to tell with this movie. Mm -hmm. What is them going if they're how aware the filmmakers are that everything the humans do is bad. Right. Like later when the clowns are saying we should make the jump 80 feet tall clearly we're supposed to go oh they're irresponsible but right. there isn't a single set single thing that any human does in this movie that isn't wildly irresponsible right and you can't tell where the line is between what they know is irresponsible and they're doing it for effect and what just it was made in the 40s yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so this is a part where i can't tell like obviously you're supposed to be on Mrs. Jumbo's side, right. but I can't tell if how unreasonable I'm supposed to think the humans are, but I think they're very unreasonable. Yeah, it was a really interesting thing of in my reading how they talk about their like the ringmaster is oftentimes actually classified as a villain. He's a villain in one of the video games, in the villain's revenge video game. But at the same time everyone's like Well that was the thing is the so the person writing it was like, So he's a villain in the video uh in the in the video game that like the village re- villain's revenge video game but it's kind of hard because i you don't necessarily know if he is a villain or not so i mean yes so in, he, i think it, it looks like in retrospect they not he probably wasn't a villain when they made the movie but in retrospect they have acknowledged that he's not a good guy yes yeah and i said here the whole thing is like when people try to raise tigers themselves yeah. and then they're like it ate me i'm so surprised yeah yeah I also have written down crying baby Dumbo is unacceptable. Right. Uh, And then we meet Timothy Mouse. I love Timothy Mouse so much. I would like Timothy Mouse a lot better if we hadn't just watched Pinocchio. Yeah. Because he's just discount Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. For some reason, I like Timothy Mouse better than Jiminy Cricket. I don't know why. Is it the accent? It might be partly the accent. So that voice actor is... uh, I wrote you down. Oh, oh, so his name's Ed Brophy. Um, and he was he was famous at the time for making he was an Hollywood actor and he was famous for being really, really bad bad guys. Like he was a huh. silly villain in comedies. Interesting. And uh and occasionally he played dumb cops too, but mostly he was a silly villain. And the what happened was how he got cast was they were having a really hard time finding a good voice for Timothy. So Walt just finally went, hire the guy whom whose voice you find the funniest. And that's who they ended up with. Hmm. Um he was animated by our dear friend, uh, Mr. Fred Moore, as in Lampwick. All right. Lampwick is essentially in this movie, by the way. I know he's the big eared guy. Which is the big eared guy is Lampwick. I, you, you know they have to be I ironically having a big eared kid making obviously yes no 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 um they don't you know obviously they don't want us to think about it too hard no because my 
you know, my, when I see that, I go, oh, he's, you know, also gets made fun of for his big ears. He's coping by, by making fun of someone, but they don't want me to think that. No. They want me to think. I, I do have to love that Mrs. Jumbo spanks him. Like, that is, that is the appropriate <laughs> reaction. So it, it, it was a little sad because the movie doesn't dwell on it. So it's like, the spanking is like, yes, he totally deserves the spanking. Good job, mom. But then it turns into her throwing bales of hay at random people. And you're like, that escalated a little too quickly. <laughs> it made perfect sense to me because they didn't, by that point, people were grabbing Dumbo. Oh, I suppose that's true. And well, everybody I mean, was but that, doing that it. that happened after. Like, the it immediately went from spanking to they sh- did a shot of them freaking out on her. Or it, w- it went to the bale of hay and then people came in after she threw a bale of hay. And I was like, that, again, seems a bit... And not to, not uh, on Mrs. Jumbo's part at all, but totally I blame that on the filmmakers of, like, I felt like they jumped too quickly. And they didn't... I didn't escalate. feel that at all. Yeah. I felt like... Every she was mad not just at that boy but at everyone because yeah. everyone was grabbing at Dumbo and she couldn't spank them all at the same time. Thus, fair enough. So Timothy Mouse hears the ladies <laughs> bitching about Dumbo. I yep. can't think of a better word for nope, it. Nope. So he goes. He being a mouse, which I am fairly sure elephants being afraid of mice is a myth. Yes, I'm pretty sure. But he goes over and he scares them all. <laughs> he And then he goes over to Dumbo and he wins him over by giving him peanuts. And uh, the mom. Speaking of which, mom. how do elephants eat peanuts? I don't know. See, you didn't research any of the stuff I was, I'm was. i interested about, in. See, I, did all I don't that. care about all this movie history stuff. I don't care how they made the movie. Well, I did look up the elephant thing because I was I thought you'd ask about that. So I will. What elephant thing? The pink elephants. Oh, all right. I was going to. Actually, I wasn't. I just was going to accept that one. Elephants and peanuts. Well, here's mice. We'll do that one first. Okay, so it's more to do with the element of surprise that mice surprise them sometimes and freak them out. Okay. Which makes sense. And then peanuts. Myth. Elephants certainly don't eat peanuts in the wild, and they're not a typical diet for captive an- animals either. The other thing is less about how hard would it be to eat it more that animals have to eat a freaking ton of amount of food that's true so eating just one peanut at a time doesn't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. all right timothy says this is why i like jiminy cricket better than timothy because timothy says we're gonna make you a star dumbo we've just got to build you an act yeah and then he goes to the ringmaster and he's like why doesn't D- baby dumbo do this incredibly dangerous yeah. stunt and like plants it in the ringmaster's subconscious which so i have to admit this i scene like was that hard. oh you like you didn't like the scene which the scene where he's talking in the ringmaster's ear yes i didn't have any problem with that okay the 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 part where he's creeping up and he's a shadow if you look at the shadow it's nosferatu <laughs> good i i like that better now but um the pyramid of elephants Oh, it's awful. It's just bonkers. Makes no sense. No, 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 no. That's totally a filmmaker's like, we can draw elephants. Well, and they based the elephants. So the elephant, it's actually was, there was a really pretty famous artist at the time who did really big personification of animals and elephants were a big one of his. And he was what influenced both Fantasia and then Dumbo with the elephants dancing. Interesting. So like the pachyderm of elephants is obviously stupid, but it's partly them Been you mean pyramid? You said pachyderm. (laughs) It's the pyramid of pachyderms. Anyway, uh, the pachyderm of elephants. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I mean, it's obviously just that's just the the filmmakers being like, we can draw this funny thing. Yeah, um, I hated the whole pyramid of elephants scene because. It's absolutely. I did did like their sniping at each other and calling each other deer. Well, that was what made it 
made me sympathize with them is that no one has their best interests at heart. No, that's true. And no wonder they're like that if they think, you know, when you... It's sadly like bullies in high school and bullies in elementary school where it's like, it's not quite an excuse to be mean, but at the same time... Well, it's the people around here where you don't fixate on the person who's actually causing you problems because they're above you in some way and right. you don't feel like anything you do can change their power over you. Right. You fixate on other people in your and it's a problem in the LGBT community too. You fixate on other people in your um, own group who you're like you're the one ruining this for us when clearly right. the real problem is the people who are oppressing you not the other people in your group who aren't acting quite the right way. Right, right, right. Uh, that's like a really recognized phenomenon. And I know for a fact that they didn't know they were doing that, but they no. do a really good example of it. Yeah. Where the the so, elephants uh, what you're are saying like... So unlike Pinocchio, you should watch this one and then use it to discuss things. Whereas Pinocchio should just go die in a hole. Yes. Basically, yes. Now, listen, parents can watch Pinocchio and to go... realize that go that's not a good method of parenting. We need to be better. And... Oh, I need somebody needs to protect kids. Gotcha. It may as well be me. This one is interesting in terms of like what infighting in marginalized communities, basically. There you go. So the ringmaster had to go back to the summary. The ringmaster has this completely dumbass idea to do have the elephants climb on top of each other and form a pyramid of, elef- pyramid yeah. of elephants, which is as we as you might be able to tell, impossible. Right. So Timothy plants in his subconscious while he's sleeping the idea that Dumbo should run out, baby Dumbo, who was born like five days ago, should run out, jump on a springboard, and land on a tiny platform on top of the tallest elephant. Yes. So they try this. The pyramid gets built successfully, which bullshit, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, but... Dumbo, at the last second, trips over his ears and launches into the base of the pyramid and knocks it over. And the whole big top is destroyed. Yeah. Which there would have been probably people die, but they don't dwell on that. Though you have to admit that that I it that that one shot is cemented in my brain, which is little Dumbo waving that broken. Yes. That that was the clearest memory I had from the end. And I it was it's funny because as a kid, I didn't quite get the whole embarrassment thing i was like there's a lot of embarrassment in this movie i remember being upset about mama jumbo getting mad at the kids but i don't remember being as upset about him you know making the pachyderms not happen the pyramid of pachyderms and so uh yeah well, but it i wasn't remember his that fault it was no. no one's fault but the ringmasters right. yeah. for having this absolutely impossible idea and it's just like pinocchio in that none of these people in power who clearly do bad exploitative things ever get punished in any way yeah unfortunately he not, nobody realizes oh that ringmaster's out of his goddamn mind so nobody- funny because this was around the same time when like heist movies you couldn't the censors didn't want you to have a successful heist like the original italian job and the original oceans 11 they weren't allowed to get away with the crime hmm. they had to fail at the end somehow or have it be ambiguous which is how the italian job was yeah the censors were like you can't yeah we can like the criminals but they can't successfully commit the crime what does that have to do well so it's a it's a it's i said it was ironic that that was the case at the time and that the fact that all this terrible stuff happens in a lot of these movies and the people responsible don't get punished 
Well, it's because they're people in power. Uh-huh. Okay. No, it's it's not in in Pinocchio. They're all criminals, but uh, nothing bad happens to them, and yeah. they're allowed to succeed. So that is weird. Yes. Yeah. Like the coachman is clearly a criminal, and his criminal. Yeah, but here you go. The little boys were being naughty. Oh fuck you! <laughs> not you. The movie. I know. I know what you mean. All right. The elephants are all seriously injured. Yep. In this. Well, uh, big seriously top. injured less than they probably would have been in a real. Yeah, I mean, those are all dead elephants, really. But um, So the (laughs) elephants are all ghosts now. (laughs) And uh, they all have all these bandages and and stuff. And is that when they agree that Dumbo's no longer an elephant? Yes. And they agree that Dumbo is officially no longer queer. I I mean, an elephant. Which I was like, it's a bad example. I mean, like, that's the thing that people do all the time. Like, you're not a real fan if you don't know this or whatever. Well, you don't belong in the LGBT LGBT community. community You're you're not not valid. Right. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, oh god, the the circus humans decide to make baby Dumbo a clown. Yeah. This is the worst, the most unpleasant scene in the movie for me. Oh yeah, no, totally. So this is the, I, my problem too is that I've I've met a lot of clowns and I know a lot of clowns. I lived with a girl who had a clown persona. Clown sona. A clown sona. And uh and so sh- uh the thing about clowns is that they're incredibly nuanced, and they 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 talk a lot of the time. There are silent clowns, but they're they're rarer. And the clowns, it's the thing that gets me upset about uh, people who just hate clowns universally and are scared of clowns. And like, I get it. Like the generic sort of McDonald's clown, yeah, is is kind of. And then poor movies have used them enough, and it, etc. But like actual clowns they tend to not have that much face makeup it's mostly just they exaggerate things and um when they have personas that there's a sad clown and a happy clown and a and and so like it it's it's a lot more nuanced than anything portrays them as and it makes me mad so you think this is bad clown representation oh it's very bad clown representation so you are allowed to hate these clowns because it is bad clown representation i very much do um yeah i think what freaks my under so becca our guest from last week is terrified of clowns yeah um i think her rationale is it's the this feeling that they're sensing like subconsciously sensing a disconnect between the clown and who the person really is and so they get just a creepy feeling that they're hiding some okay i think enough. i think it's just you know just like they're subconsciously picking up on because they're playing a character yeah um they're picking up on but they're not as overtly playing a character as like an actor is if that makes sense yeah the the outside circle it actually is probably less about the them playing like, because I think actors are actually like, if you weren't, if you didn't know you were watching a play, you would never know that an actor was acting necessarily. You might think that whatever's happening was weird, but like you, when you go into, which is why I like acting and why I'm bad at lying and not bad at acting is that when you go to see a show, you're agreeing upon, we all know that this is a lie and we're going with it. When you meet a clown that's just hired for like a birthday party or something, that agreement yeah. hasn't been made. It's this this the clown is too much in real life uh yes. versus like if you went to see a clown in a circus or a clown show again it's the same thing of you've already you as an audience member have made this agreement that we all agree that we know that this is fake that's why the beginning of flash mobs feels so bad to me it's because no one knows what's going on and then you figure it out and then it's just fun but the beginning of flash mobs always freak me out because you don't necessarily know that it's why improv everywhere was both cool but also not in terms of like and right. as an audience member I, I like when an audience member has to 
is in an agreement that I am an audience member and I recognize that. Okay, that makes sense. So, but in this movie, the clowns are terrible. So, yes. what they do with this baby is they put him in a burning building mm-hmm. and then the clowns don't rescue him. Mm-hmm. And then he has to jump probably 10 feet at least out of the burning mm-hmm. building into a big pie. Yeah, it's not good. I, I fully agree it's not good. So this is an extremely unpleasant. Even just watching the clowns, it's so not my kind of humor. Yeah. And it's again, I can't tell if we're supposed to think these clowns are funny or creepy. Well, I don't know that we're supposed to think they're creepy, but I don't think we're supposed to like them. And we'll get to that with the the silhouettes. Okay. So I have written down, kill all humans. So um, <laughs> that's the moral I took away from this movie. Is, isn't that your default setting, though? <laughs> I mean, listen, no, because I care a lot about humans. I do. But all the humans in this movie are oppressors. <laughs> so, Fine. Uh, yeah, other than the faceless Sliss worker people, everyone in this movie is an oppressor, so kill them. All the people in this movie, all the humans who humans with lines in this movie are irresponsible and endangering other clearly sentient beings. Mm-hmm. And they deserve some kind of consequence that they don't get. Fair enough. Okay, so, oh God. Then Dumbo is, is upset mm-hmm. because he's being exploited and because he misses his mom. So Timothy takes him to the lockup where they are keeping Mrs. Jumbo. Yes. And the song Baby Mine happens. Yes. God Almighty is this song upsetting to me. <laughs> It's upsetting to a, it's, you cannot watch, I, it's, it's a little bit of, it almost feels like the human test. Like, it's like with Fry's dog. Like, you cannot, if you do not watch the scene and get slightly misty-eyed, you're a robot. And not yes. a particularly emotional robot. Yes. So, I got just, stop doing this to me, angry at it. <laughs> I, when it, as, I think I, what did I write down? I wrote down. Fuck you, baby mine. I have written down. Let's see if you can. You can't read it. I fucking hate this movie. I'm so fucking upset. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, so if we same. weren't swearing, if we weren't swearing so badly, I would say we should take pictures of both of these and post them on uh-huh. social media because yeah, <laughs> uh, I swore a lot in my notes at this movie. Some words which I just will not use out loud. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, baby mine is is. It's well, and then there's actually a lot of so when I typed in, you know, I, I watch vid- YouTube videos and prep for these things, and I typed in uh, like history of Dumbo, making of Dumbo, and there weren't th- there were a couple of good ones, but the, in general there wasn't a lot about Dumbo, but there were like four or five videos that were pregnant mom cries while watching Dumbo, something something <laughs> mom reacts to Dumbo, so it's just mostly a lot of moms like with weepy faces and Kleenexes <laughs> crying yeah. about baby mine. Um, I also though wrote for this part and also it pertains to earlier, which was um, basically trunk pats and trunk rubs and trunk hugs look really 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 comforting and nice. Yeah, and I want some. when when she's rocking him in her trunk. Uh huh. And he's like doesn't understand that she can't come with him. He's just happy to be with her. Mm-hmm. I'm so upset. Well, also before this, the cutest face Dumbo ever made was when he was holding Timothy's tail. Yes. It was just like any. That's I think that's why Jiminy and Pinocchio. The relationship never felt particularly close to me. Whereas Timothy and Dumbo feel super close and. They just I make can each absolutely other happy. see that. And that's yeah, why that's, I think I like them more. That's really good. 
Yeah. I definitely like Dumbo more than I like Pinocchio. Yeah. Um, both the movies and the characters, actually. Yeah. Okay. This one is problematic, but this like the pro- problematicness of Pinocchio, as as you see it, which I now see now that you talked me into it, it pervades the whole movie. Whereas this one is bursts of bad and then like moments of better. And that's how it feels to me a little bit. Maybe. I, I also have to, written down there were no responsible adult humans in the 40s. And we get that in Pinocchio too. So yeah, I also have written down, okay, so they do this kind of cool thing where all the humans are silhouettes, but apparently they only decided to do it halfway through. So before we get on though, this I loved that there were hyenas, which was the weirdest thing to me. I was like, what circus has hyenas? Uh, and they did the little laughing thing. This was in Baby Mind. And I also went, this is the last time that Disney will make hyenas that look like hyenas. <laughs> I was like, wow, those actually look like hyenas. Which, that's the thing about watching I, Lion King is that, like, you have to be told those are hyenas. I, would I love hyenas, hyenas. And I will not stand for Disney's constant slander against my friends, the hyenas. They, they weren't that bad in the, this movie. It was just two They weren't that bad them. in this movie. They don't. They were fine in this movie, but they, they did a little cute little laugh thing. But I was also like, again, what circus has hyenas? Yeah, apparently one they, they went to because they they went to circuses in order to prep for this movie. So okay, that you sort of get the sense that they picked the animals more by what was fun to draw than what. Okay, so so we get the silhouettes. This yes, is the silhouettes. we hear the clowns talking about how that was such a success. Um, we should make the height jump Dumbo has to jump from yeah. 300 feet so this one I'm gonna get into a little bit of history here just because so towards the end of this movie uh the ve- development of this movie there was a huge strike of workers at Disney and ultimately the strikers won Disney was but Disney felt really hurt and betrayed because for him his animators were his family and the fact that and and the, the animators who were close to him, he had like a thousand people working for him at this point. And the animators who were close to him were making good money. They were making 200 to $300 a week, which is huge for back then. But the problem was that some of his, there were some, the, the ones who weren't close to Walt well, were making like maybe 45 bucks a week. It was a pretty big disparaging uh, gap. And so uh, they all, of course, all striked for good reason. And then some of the up top uh, animators also striked a couple because they didn't like Disney and a couple just because they felt they were like this is unfair and we're going to use our privilege to yes to help out and so uh, so Disney felt really betrayed and it didn't get settled until Disney went on his big you know he, he does this big which is why Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros happened he there's a goodwill tour that he gets sent by the government with a bunch of his animators down to uh, South America to drum up goodwill so that the South American will help in the World World War Two. Weird. Okay. And so, because so when Disney left, he left someone else in charge, and that person pretty much just ruled in favor of the unions and the strikers, just pretty much universally was like Disney's gonna. And then once Disney left, tempers cooled down significantly, so everyone was actually open to negotiation, and then they ruled in favor of the unioners. And then ever since then, uh, Disney Walt Disney's company has been a union house. But so. That was that happened towards the very towards the end of production. So a lot of the clown silhouettes you're looking at are people who went on strike and they're making fun of them. I don't like that one bit. Uh huh. Okay, so 
couple things. First of all, it's very sinister to say, to feel betrayed by people and say, oh, they're like my family when you're not paying them. Well, I think he was more betrayed by the upper people who he was paying well. And he, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, Walt is a flawed, he's a human being and he had some flaws and he had a, a, a decent sized ego. It's partly why he was so successful and so good at what he does. And so he felt pretty hurt by the fact that, and I don't know how, I mean, they didn't, they don't go into great detail about a lot of the, the, the actual connections and, you know, but he felt hurt that he, I don't know if they sprung it on him or if they'd been complaining for a while or what happened, but he thought he was all good. And then all of a sudden his workers went on strike and he was really hurt by it. I mean, clearly Walt was wrong in terms of there were people not getting paid right. They were also in financial, pretty high financial difficulties until this movie. Dumbo saved them. Uh, Pinocchio and Fantasia, Fantasia were both pretty big flops and did not make a good portion of their their budgets back. Um, okay, so that was also a factor for sure. But um, but you know, no, it Walt was not in the right. Um, but he he luckily got out of the way and let people who were wiser than him fix it. Right. Um, so. it just these clowns are so awful. Yeah. So yes. So it seems shitty to. Yeah, it's very petty to. Uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Then, so the clowns go off as they're leaving. The clowns knock a bottle of champagne into Dumbo's water, and Dumbo's been crying, so he has the hiccups. Don't you love so, how when they knock the champagne and it makes the water look like poison? It's like now green <laughs> and gross. Well, clearly. This movie doesn't want you to drink nope. alcohol. Dumbo has hiccups, so Timothy tells him to just drink a whole bunch of water. So he drinks, like, a lot of this now alcohol-spiked water. And uh, Pink Elephants happens. Yep. So what did you look up about Pink Elephants? Well, I wondered if Don't Think About Pink Elephants came from this movie was my what I wondered. Because, I, you know, they're always sort of... I mean, I didn't think that it did, but they were always tied in my head. So I was looking up that saying. Well, it turns out that the saying that Pink Elephants just in and of itself was a saying that meant drunk that was so huh. that's why when that's why when the crows are talking first coming up to timothy and he says oh those pink elephants the crows laugh so hard and it's not because okay. pink elephants are weird it's because he's basically admitting he was drunk all right um uh and so the but the saying don't think about pink elephants that it's a philosophical thing and it actually wasn't originally pink elephants it was white bears but like the saying isn't just pink elephants there's a bunch of them there was no direct connection to this but the saying pink elephants meaning drunk had originated before this movie so okay um this is a very weird sequence uh, it goes without saying that it's a weird sequence right. it's obviously scared me as a kid yeah Walt was into experimental stuff and he was actually really into surrealism, the art movement. Like he, after this, him and Salvador Dali tried to make a movie together and it fell apart. Though it actually apparently got released fairly recently that Roy Disney went in and finished it. Huh. But they were really into surrealism. Surrealism was a big influence. So that's what sort of this is, their take on that, obviously. Um, I liked that they have a pair of elephants that dances together for a really long time and they didn't give either of them secondary sexual characteristics which would yeah. have been a classic move so that made me happy but it's very long it is long it's a long sequence it goes on long enough that you it doesn't just feel like a a blip yeah well it does it's like 
too long for a hallucination scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, not that hallucination scenes are really a thing, but, like, there's a length where you can go, oh, it's showing me a dream or whatever, and they go past that length yeah. to where it's just, like, a weird departure in the middle of the movie. Right. It's not bad. It's just very odd. Yeah. So, here we go. Dumbo and Timothy Mouse mm-hmm. wake up in a tree. Yes. And here we meet the crows. Yes. So, obviously, we have to talk about the crows. Yes. So, I so I don't think there's any way you can see the movie without being able to tell that the crows are caricatures of black people. Yes. They sort of jive talk. They sing the only jazz number in the movie. You know, it, it, they're... they're caricatures of like fashion and stuff that i didn't i don't recognize anymore but that right. was probably pretty recognizable at the time very much so so their, there's no their talking getting... was based off of records uh uh like louis armstrong etc reference that, that those bands would do on those records was right i yeah so basically what, I, what i'm saying is there's no getting away from the fact that they're black yeah no 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 very um clearly. i wanted Actually, to all look up are voiced by black people really yeah, only one of them is white. Which one? The main one. He's yeah. Jiminy Cricket. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. The rest of them are all, um, they're the Hal Johnson band. They're an actual band, and they did all the rest of the crows are actually voiced by African Americans. And their dancing is based off a two African American brother dancing team. That's the best news I've ever had. Yeah, I thought you Because I was that. just about to say. So, okay. So I looked up a bunch of articles. Mm-hmm. Most of them were, you know... I basically I wanted to find an article that was written by someone who wasn't white. Right. And I found an article that's from a, a place called the Jim Crow Museum of Racist Memorabilia. Mm-hmm. And the article, which I only read half of, compares the crows in Dumbo to King Louie in the Jungle Book. Yes. Mm-hmm. And basically says that King Louie is pretty problematic and and sort of reaffirms racist stereotypes at the time. Yeah. But the crows subvert racist, racist stereotypes yes. that people had at the time. Yes. And that the article lists five very specific archetypes that were the only ways pe- black people ever got represented in media at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, the crows don't cleanly fit into any of them, mm-hmm. which is really unusual. Right. There, so I don't feel comfortable accepting the crows as like, well, it's the best you were going to get at the time. But right. so I would love to hear what like actual black people in 2018 have to say about right. them. Yes, yes. But my feeling is for the time, they're really good. Yeah, they're they're really uh, the best you're going to get. Whoopi Goldberg, when she was inducted into the Disney Hall of Fame, asked for them to be merchandised because they're one of her favorites and she says they're the only part of Dumbo you remember and she wanted she that's wanted true. Jim Crow she wanted mm-hmm. Jim Crow toys uh yeah no they were they were based off their movements were based off a a, a, a two African-American brother dancing team and all but the main crow were voiced by Hal Johnson and an African-American band jazz band and then the main crow being Cliff Edwards uh Jiminy the voice of Jiminy Cricket there's a extremely common trope in all media made by white people mm-hmm. that's like the the black people are only there to fix the white people's problems in mm. this movie i really feel like they didn't do that 
the crows don't care about Dumbo. The, and yeah, the, and uh, Timothy, when they meet him, they, they, they're laughing at him. They're like, we don't, like, yeah. we have our own thing going on. We're not interested in your problems. And they don't, they're not, they don't help until Timothy makes an emotional connection with them. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So I don't want to, like, sing their praises because I don't know what, Right, it, I, I don't, don't have the perspective to do yeah. that, but I do think they're basically the best you're going to get at that time. Uh, a lot of people point out that they're one of the few characters that are free and have an easy or have a good life. That's true. They're, that was a big thing in a lot of articles, which is really funny that they, they make that point without making the point that everyone else is trapped. They never quite got into that, but they, they talk about how the crows are are the, the freest and the most true to who they're, who they seem to be. They're also, yeah, and because of that, they're the only characters that are friends with each other. Yeah. All the other animals we see interact, except Timothy Mouse, Dumbo, and, except Timothy Mouse and Dumbo, hate each other. Yeah. Um, the, I found a lot of articles that felt like, that, well, that were written by white people that were, felt like, oh, it's fun to... Poke at Disney, the big conglomerate. Yeah, to, you know, here's the big conglomerate that, that, that everybody thinks is so pure. It's so fun to subvert that and no and no deeper reason to do it than yeah. that. Now, and there's you a know, reason not that to, Dumbo still exists whereas Song of the South does not. Yeah. Not to, like, say... Not to be like, oh, you shouldn't poke at Disney, but, like, no. if you're... The reason you're poking at Disney is just to be subversive, I don't think that's a very good reason. I, I think you should be poking at Disney because it has done things that have caused harm. And I think this one, you know, I don't want to say it's not caused any harm because I don't know. I'm a white person. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it's pretty impressive for when it was made. Mm-hmm. So, also, When I See an Elephant Fly is the best song in the movie. I love the puns. Yes. One of the crow, the main crow says, so, so they're in, they were in this tree and Timothy Mouse is trying to figure out how they could possibly have gotten into that tree. And <laughs> I love the main he... crow says, I, yeah, he, he goes, could we have climbed up there? No, that's ridiculous. It's like, and then no, the crow goes, he dismisses maybe the most flew. logical and he goes with the least logical. Yeah. And, and he's like, you're right. We did fly. Uh, so the crows say, which is a pun that dad remembered that I had not. The crows say. You got to try some lycology. Of course, Dad would remember that. Yep. Of course. And he did. so they they pluck one of their own feathers and they give it to Timothy Mouse and they say basically tell him this is a magic feather and then he'll it'll yeah. give him the support he needs to be able to fly. The magic feather, which is like the thing I remember about this movie, it's is in it for like for five two minutes and they immediately dismiss it. Like in the within like two seconds of the next scene, it's it's gone. Because yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a much more build-up. I thought he flew a couple of times, like, had a couple successful acts with the feather, and then it turns out He does not have goes. one single successful no. circus than, act with yeah, the feather. the feather. So he flies right then with the feather yep. off a cliff, and he flies with the crows. Yep. Which is just And cute. then he goes back to do the burning building trick again, and when he um, jumps off the 300 goddamn feet or whatever, he drop the feather flies away... And Dumbo freaks out because he doesn't think he can fly without the feather. And Timothy tells him, you can fly. The feather was just a ruse. And then at the last second, he flies. So literally in the next scene, yeah. they lose the feather, which is so funny because I remembered it being a really big deal. Yep. Yep. So he flies in front of everybody. He chases around the clowns and the ringmaster, which is good. 
And then fame equals all problems solved. Yes. And then he gets famous and Timothy Mouse becomes his manager, which raises some logical problems that we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> and he gets his own private cart car. on the car, on the train, and he stays with the circus. And that's and he gets to have his own private train car with his mother. And that's the end of the movie. Yep. Which we got to talk about. So... As I mentioned, this movie for me has the exact same problem that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has. Mm-hmm. Which is... I actually made that comparison while watching the movie as well. So, you're not alone. They pre- So, the both movies are about a character who is bullied for a physical trait that he has. Yes. And then in the end, they solve that problem by making that physical trait useful instead of Accepting the in any in way, or even instead of teaching the people who bullied him not to bully people. Right. That's very bad yes, <laughs> because what it tells you is, oh, I mean, the bullies were right. The reason they were bullying you is because you're so weird. Yeah. Instead of, you know, it doesn't matter what they say or teach them to say something different. Right. You got to stop being so weird. Yeah. So the problem in this movie is that all the animals except the crows are being oppressed by these people, these humans who have no regard for their safety at all, who want to, if an elephant who couldn't fly fell 300 feet into a pool that was like less than a foot tall, that would be a dead elephant. Like, even with the laws of, it's not clear if it would kill him in this universe because all those elephants falling down after the pyramid of elephants didn't die, but it seems like it should. Right. So the problem, the, the main conflict of the movie that is set up is these animals are under the power of these humans who don't care about their safety, and that problem doesn't even get slightly solved by the end of the movie. Nope, I agree with you. So the ending is profoundly unsatisfying because the main conflict didn't get solved. Mm-hmm. Though, yes, yeah. No, I agree with you 110%. They just back then wouldn't have considered that to be the main conflict. I know. Which but is the problem. But it's impossible now certainly to, now to watch it and not see that be the yeah. main conflict. No, no, no. I, 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 I totally agree with you. So I could... All the problems I had with this movie, they they need to do a live action. They are. Tim Burton is directing it. It's coming out next year in May. I don't know. How do I you don't feel know about that. Uh-huh. I don't know about that. Same. But yep, to uh, May twenty fifth or 29th, twenty ninth, twenty nineteen. I gotta write a letter to Tom. First of all, have the crows in there. If you don't have the crows in there, I'm going to be so goddamn pissed. Uh-huh. Have the crows well, in there. Have them they're, voiced. They're focusing on humans. Well, fuck you. <laughs> because, like, they've got... Will Smith was in talks to do something, but he fell through. And now Michael Keaton is going to be... I think he's going to be Dumbo's dad. I think there's a dad now. Uh, I And and Eva Green, or Eva Green, the, the pretty lady from um, many things, but... Uh, she's the she she's playing a um, a trapeze artist. I can't express how angry I am. I'm wondering if they're not going to try to pull a 101 Dalmatians, where the live action 101 Dalmatians, where the animals don't talk. They might must be because again, I think they have a Dumbo's dad in it. But I don't know. I was not impressed when I was reading the 
stuff about okay. it. Okay, so. just let me pitch you my movie. Okay. I'm, I'm ready for your movie. So the biggest thing is, don't change anything about the crows except have them de- voiced by black people and designed by black historians. Cool. Otherwise, don't change anything about them. They're perfect. Mm-hmm. But have... Okay, so here's my angle. Timothy Mouse can talk to people. Okay. And I can prove that because he becomes Dumbo's manager and they show him signing a contract. That's the only and way we know his name. He never says his name in the movie. the authority to sign a contract, then he can communicate to people that he is a sentient being. Fair. Do you accept this premise? I accept the premise. So most of the movie you can leave like it is. Mm-hmm. But at the end... Timothy and Dumbo, in their big flying stunt, prove to the humans of the world that in this universe, animals are sentient beings that have thoughts and can think in words. Okay. And at the end, you know, you don't have to go in, you don't have to show five years later, but like, the humans have to now deal with that fact and change the way they treat the animals based on the fact that they're sentient. That's the movie. All right. You because drive out to, to Hollywood to pitch it? Yes. Um, <laughs> you can't make the animals yeah. sentient like this and leave the universe the way it is. You yeah. can't. Yeah. They thought they could in the 40s, but they can't. Fair enough. All right, well, uh, shall we do the questions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot about those. Okay, questions. <sighs> Favorite character? This one's a toss-up between Dumbo and Timothy. I have Dumbo written down. Yeah. I love Timothy, as you know, so. Yes. He makes me very happy. Least favorite character. I have written down every human. Die. Yeah, I don't like the the mama, or not the mama, Mama Jumbo is great, the the head elephant lady. The elephants, as the, as the person who has been bullied, the elephants made me very uncomfortable. The other women elephants. Um, I get you, you because they're oppressed. It you didn't you focus more on the oppressors, but I f- focus more on the bullying. So that's why they bugged me. Okay, voice acting overall. I'm a lot less angry at it now that I know that most of the crows are voiced by black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ma the matriarchal uh, elephant is voiced by the same lady who does the fairy godmother in Cinderella. Weird. Best moment. I have written down. Baby mine did what it meant to do, which was hurt me. <laughs> yes, I liked I liked the Timothy uh, Dumbo with the whole t- anything with the tail was sort of so that that whole first them kind of becoming friends bit was right very cute with very him hiding cute. in the haystack yes yeah I also loved I did a hashtag same which was the Dumbo picking the pieces of grass and then throwing them I was like, yes that's such a <laughs> yeah. little kid having like a sulking moment I was like same Dumbo same all right worst moment I have the first scene with the burning building and the clowns yeah nope I fully agree with you there I hate that scene yes um good bad adaptation it's not an adaptation is it it's an original story uh no it's an adaptation but we don't know anything about it because the original story sadly never really got published so it was written by uh it was written by a couple who uh named Helen Albertson and Harold Pearl. They were um this was their one and only children's book they ever wrote. 
and they sold it to a public. They're from Syracuse, New York, I guess, and they sold it to a toy company who made it a roller book. So what that was was it was a little box, and inside were two. It was like two. It was a scroll basically in a box, and so there was a tab at the top that you could twist, and the the text would scroll up, and then you could rewind it by doing the bottom. And there were illustrations in there. Um, and the illustrations remain. There's a, they're in a museum in Syracuse, but the actual there's no evidence that the Rolla book survived at all. There's not even one in the vaults of Walt Disney. But Walt Disney contacted them. The book was written in 1938, so the movie came out in 41. Uh, and they uh, so he contacted them and was like, "I love your book. Can I have the rights?" And but very little of the again we don't know how much of the story remained, but it sounds like a lot of it was invented by the the writers disney and the way they wrote it is this is was a cute story is that they wanted disney that walt gave it to his head writers and said i like this do a treatment of it but walt was apparently not very good at reading scripts he didn't like reading scripts he was much more hands-on later on in the process and so to keep him interested they wrote it like a chapter book and they would write things at the end like do not read any further unless you are super strong of heart because what follows is super sad. See you next week. And stuff like that. So he, he would come to be them being like, what happens next? So that's how they hooked him. Uh, so we don't know if it's a good adaptation or not, uh, though I think they say that it's a pretty, that there wasn't much to adapt. It was a pretty simple children's story. So there you go. All right. Something that surprised you. I was surprised by how much I liked the crows and how charming they were. Yeah, because that was, I think both of us going in were, were worried about the crows. Uh, I would agree with that. I th- what did I write? Oh, well, this isn't a surprise, but I said, uh, stop saying climax. I know, I have that written down too. <laughs> climax all the time. I was surprised basically by how little I remembered of the movie. And how surprising it was. And I was, I, my love of Timothy hit me out of nowhere. Favorite song I have when I see an elephant fly. Agreed. Uh, very much agreed. Uh, I like, I'm weird, I really like the music and all of this. I've been singing it all weekend and my roommate's been laughing at me. He's like, I don't think I know, he's like, I know a lot of people who like kind of appreciate older Disney, but I don't think I know anyone who could, if I just named a movie, they could name like three or four songs from each Disney movie. Um, for least favorite song, I have just all the background circus music. Yeah, fair enough. The, uh, something else I really, I didn't know because it's not in the soundtrack, but I, I noticed and really liked was the the kind of the creepy Casey where they're humming. Yes, I liked that. Mm-hmm. It, that one was, uh, that was really cool. That surprised I didn't know that was in there, and that when I heard that, I was like, that's really cool. All right, memories from childhood. I remember being very freaked out by this movie and upset by it. Baby Mine, I got a little misty-eyed, but I didn't really, honest to goodness, cry until they were doing the waving goodbye thing. And it wasn't just because that was sad, but it was because that's what Mommy does to us when we leave. Like, you haven't experienced that as much, but, like, anytime, you know, I would leave you guys, like, always wait. Mommy waves until the last possible moment. It just makes so that's because that's what because the mom you know she she's waving out the one minute and then she has to run and wave to the other one and I was like that's that's such a our mommy thing to do it's true and I cried weeping animation style so this one um they did it on a really limited budget they wanted to make it uh as cost effective as possible so it's it's the least detailed background why certainly of all the the early Disney films. 
of the golden era. So certainly of Pinocchio and Snow White. The backgrounds are pretty gosh yeah. simple and nebulous. So um scenery. I just don't like the circus aesthetic, so I can't really speak to how good it is. It's interesting because that countryside does not make me think of Florida. No. <laughs> no. Like, even the tree is not a very Florida tree, but they didn't have any Everglades in there. All right. Uh, next is ratings. Protagonist. I gave him a seven. I'd say eight. I love. I love the boy. Dumbo. Dumbo is a tiny precious bean. Especially for someone who doesn't talk. He's, he has a lot of personality. He's really good. Yeah. They, and that, I get, oh, that's my favorite scene. My favorite moment, favorite scene is the is the bath and the, the running around. Yes. It's just such a precious, precious scene. Villain. There isn't really one. All, every human. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Bambi. Man. Being. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, and I give that a six. It's pretty. Effective? Effective. So yeah, I, I was going to give him like a one or a two because I just didn't feel like there was a villain. But I definitely felt like there was a villain. No, no, no yeah. Again, we we think in different terms, which is why we're such a great team. So, uh, overall, I'm honestly making my rating way higher just because most of the crows are voiced by black people. <laughs> <laughs> that changed your opinion. On it things. totally changed my outlook on this movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna give it like a five. Yeah, I'd say six. I enjoyed it. I there I. I and the thing about this one is this is one people talk about the problems. So the problems feel a little less yeah, awful to less because sinister it's one, because it's because one people that people talk about. talk about. That's kind of my problem with a lot of the articles I read is like kind of again, I you know, I'm not, I don't have a good perspective to talk about this from. But kind of a lot of the criticism sounded like these crows are black. Yeah. And it was sort of like because I just, I missed part of what you were saying earlier because I went into a fugue state because I realized with certainty that what Tim Burton is going to do is make the crows white. Or not and have crows. he's going to have them and he's, they're just going to be generic. They're going to be like realistic crows and they're yeah. going to be just white people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm wrong, then I will eat a pie by myself. It doesn't sound like a problem or a punishment. It's not a punishment, but it's like it'll be hard and I don't think I'm going to have to do it because I'm not wrong. I think it, it you know, it's it's always hard. There's always a feeling that's like, especially now, but I'm sure, especially now, um, that's like I don't want to represent people wrong. I better just not have any diversity at all. That's safer. Yeah. And that's And not, that's bad. It's not a, a good solution to any problem. No, it's all. better to try and and mess it up. And have a discussion about and acknowledge yes. if you mess it up. And so, especially the way they are, having those crows in there is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd and really elevates this movie, I think. Okay, enjoyment. Probably a... a I don't know. I am, I'm going to say a six. Okay, yeah, a six or seven. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I and I I really do love the music, and I that's it, always a shock to me how much I like, how I much I like, like look out for Mr. For Mr. Stork is such tongue in cheek silliness, and I like the I, again the actual video of the Rastabout song. It's the same thing you have with Pinocchio, where it's like listening to the Rastabout song is fun, but watching the Rastabout song is not, you know, kind of thing. Um, 
I also remember that being way scarier as a kid, but it's still pretty scary. Yeah. I just remember that being terrible. And also that part where they're, they're actually lifting up the real tent. Didn't know what that was as a kid. That that one did hit me when I was watching it. I was like, oh, wow, that's funkier than I remember. And it's But it's also, or no, it's less funky than I remember and much more like, oh, they're actually just bringing up the tent. Whereas when I was little, it was like, there's some weird metal thing, like, slowly ascending away from me. <laughs> so overall thoughts. I was really looking forward to discussing this one because I luckily went into it knowing that you would have strong opinions versus I felt a little blindsided with the Pinocchio one. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoy watching it. I, I, I've been defending this movie to my roommate. This is my roommate's least favorite of the Disney films, and I've been defending it to him. I'm like, it's better than you remember it, sir. Uh, the other thing that was interesting is when I was doing my research, I was watching, it was pretty much the same document documentary kind of stuff that they did with Pinocchio. And they praise this one just as much as they praise Pinocchio. And so I was like, okay, these documentaries are just love fests is what they are. And so now I can yeah, which, take what they say with a grain of salt. So. I want us nice. to, I don't want us to ever be uncritical yeah, of Disney. No, or of any of these for that matter. But Disney particular because it's such an institution. Fair. You know, I'll, I feel like a lot of, and this isn't a criticism necessarily, but a lot of your sources are very pro Disney. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, we just got to remember that that Disney's a business and Yep. Yep. Businesses are going to do spooky things. Yeah, my thoughts are it's actually very interesting mm-hmm. sociologically and um I would like to see and uh, they need to take the remake away from Tim Burton and give it to me instead. <laughs> Because it doesn't need, like, a dark and edgy remake. No. It needs a thoughtful remake. And I think Tim, God love him, yeah, does no, one of those like, things a lot like, better. We will discuss Tim Burton at length when we get to Tim, when we get to Clay, Claymation. I did my time. I and, did my Tim Burton oh, yes. stand time. You still wear a fair amount of, of uh, I, I have, you know, my favorite hoodie is a big old Nightmare Before Christmas. Not that that was fully Tim Burton, but. Right. Um. But I did my time being a big Tim Burton fan, and that time has passed. <laughs> yeah. There's some stuff that I have his that I still really love, but I Yes. Agree. Yeah. But I don't love it. I, I don't go in being like, ooh, Tim Burton anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Expectations for next week. What is next week's movie? Honestly, the one I'm least looking forward to. Oh, is it to. Bambi? Freaking Bambi. Uh, no, right, I, I, I expect to go in, and that's the thing is, I think that'll be the, 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 the uh, key to most of these, is if I go in hating it, I will probably come out enjoying it, and if I go in really looking forward to it, I'll probably come out hating it. So, I bet it'll be better than I think it w- is going to be. I My biggest complaint about this one is actually, is mostly just, I remember it being long and boring, more than anything. There shouldn't be any uncomfortable race politics in it. Yeah, I think there's just probably some sexism. Yeah, but that's much more comfortable for me to talk about. True. No, no. We will have an easier time discussing problems that are in. And and luckily, in that one, man is unabashedly the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a... I know some people who like Hunt who hate that movie yeah. because it makes them look like bad guys. And I'm like, well. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. So, I mean, it'll be it'll be an easier one to discuss in terms of 
it's a little more clear cut on who's right and who's wrong. It has some interesting things to say about parenthood, especially fatherhood. So that yeah. would be interesting to get into. Yeah. Um, I mostly, like I said, most of the time I just remember it being vaguely boring. Uh, okay, so this is the Puppy and the Possum, and this was our Dumbo episode. Join us next week when we discuss... Bambi, which Baby Franny called uh, Bambi Loves Folly. <laughs> so tune in next week so that you can uh, find out why I called it that. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.